Should we should we start this over again? Uh should we yeah, do an okay. intro where the first line is not a spoiler for something yes. of this week? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Sorry. <laughs> That's alright. I don't personally care, but That's what I get for thinking on my fucking feet and not thinking correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we start the podcast is with us teasing whatever it was we were spoiling uh, ah. and the, the listeners don't know what it is i said that was literally the first line of the podcast this, that this... spoiled a, a, a major <laughs> um event to those interested in the sport slash entertainment that happened monday night so Oops. i won't do that again that's going to be an interesting editing choice for me now to decide at what point to like start this edit. Like I'm probably just going to have us like fading in talking. So it's... you'll all just have to wonder like what were we talking about? Who knows? It's that line that blurs reality and fiction. Like like what is real and what isn't. If you is never pod... know. Is Podquisition 174 the episode where we finally start messing around with like having a narrative that's in media res? Like, yes. we, we start the conversation, like, partway through. We don't, you know, do all the preamble. Well, I've, I've long been working on the, the series Bible for the Jimquisition verse and the Podquisition mm. verse, which is its own separate thing, like uh, Torch Dead or whatever that spin-off of Doctor Who was. Torchwood. Torch Torchwood. Torchwood, which I only remember the name because I remember... This is so immature, but I remember at school... Because the uh, the protagonist of Torchwood was um, was homosexual, I believe there were people who referred to it as Touchwood, and oh. I'm like, that's it's low hanging fruit, but it's forever made me remember the name of that show. Well, it's literally I mean, low hanging fruit. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was trying to find a, a classy way to to do that, but then Gav just took the ball and dunked it. No, no finish on it. But he he scored the goal, so that's what matters in the end. Welcome to Podquisition, everyone. Uh, oh. I'm Jim Sterling. I'm joined as always by Laura Dale. How are you? I'm I'm good. Now we're doing this. It's been a day of bureaucracy and paperwork and nonsense. Uh, I spent 25 minutes before we recorded this trying to sort out some like train tickets because I booked some train tickets for work. And a corporate travel company, like, mailed them to a place when they were supposed to email them. And then it was like, well, that's not where I am. Can I have those train tickets, please? And they I were just, like, mm, nah. The pettiness of it, like I said before we were recording, like, what kind of grift is that? The old, you sent my tickets to Bath trick. To get tickets to where exactly? Not oh, Morocco, not Egypt. No, no, it was just to get a train into London for like just three hours. London. Like I'm literally yeah. going to London for three hours, and they're like, mm, "Nah, you, you, uh, it's the grift. The tickets are in Bath. Ah, we told yeah. you. Oh. It's not like you've got someone's pin number for fuck's sake." Uh, and I'm also joined by Gavin. How are you, Gavin? I'm good. Having a definitely more relaxed day than poor Laura. <laughs> <laughs> took took a day yeah. off today to just. Go for a nice long walk and chill out. Oh, that's nice. That that sounds pretty lovely. I could certainly go for one you know, of those about now. Your your story there just reminds me um how ninety-nine percent of interactions with other human beings piss me off when it comes to work and just working on your own is such a blessing. <laughs> I there there are definitely times where I, I remember fondly like Oh, just do my own thing and don't have to worry about anyone else. Yeah. But then there are also times when I go, mm, yeah, but it's... a pension and sick pay, exactly. mm, and... they're quite nice. <laughs> and also there's there are those moments where everything gets on top of you and you're like, this is so much to manage by myself. And then you remember it would probably be just as stressful trying to get someone else to do it. Because yeah. people are flaking yeah. useless fucking <laughs> Any type of work has its drawbacks, but mm. like today just happened to be a day of, bleh. but it's all good now. And this upcoming weekend, I'm I'm gonna take a leaf out of your book and like go off of the internet for a bit and go have some fun right. out in the actual world. So yeah. yeah, it's gonna be good. A good old brain cleanser. Yeah, gonna have. A, holy gonna have a... shit, is the internet not a a fun place this week? My goodness. <laughs> oh yeah, I. I'm very much looking forward to my weekend plans, which are basically 
go out dancing one night and then have a very sleepy day in bed and maybe go for a nice walk out in the sunshine and enjoy the fresh air. I'm like, that's my whole plan nice. for the weekend. It's going to be nice. Nice. Uh, sounds like a, a perfect weekend. Just get away from that internet. I barely touched social media this week. And as you're, a result, you're, you're I feel off. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are better off. Every like, time I've I, just been... Every Sorry. time I looked at Twitter this week, it was just endless outrage. I was just like, you know, it's just going to be healthier for the brain to stay off it now for a, for a few days. I just, with, with my tweets and my videos this week, I've just been in set it and forget it mode. Just float yeah. it on the internet, you know, get my content done, go do my cardio stuff, uh, get something to eat, and... Play video games, you know, get through the games I'm doing and, uh, that, you know, maybe um, watch Orphan Black, which I started doing, and then just forget the internet for a that's bit. That's definitely a more constructive um, way to pass your time than yeah. sitting there worrying about the deliberate deconstruction of Western democracy. Yep. I, <laughs> I had a similar week this week, actually. Like, I actually took the time to play some games and... Watch some TV and to that's just... what I'm gonna do while Rome yeah. burns around me. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 what I, else I, can you do? <laughs> you know. I, I looked at one like news story earlier this week where it was like, oh, people who don't like trans people doing another nonsense thing because they don't like trans people. Yeah, I'm just not gonna look at Twitter for a bit. And I, you know, that gave me time to. I watched season one of Gotham, which I really enjoyed. Played a bunch of games. It was it's been a good old week. Yeah, like I'm not advocating not giving a shit. Like I. Again, you follow me on Twitter and you can see me giving a lot of shit. Yeah. But I, I don't stick around for the fallout of my own stuff this week. Yeah. And I've and just it's okay been to take turning off the internet. Like, yeah, like to de de decompress, self care, all that kind of thing. Mm. Like, your brain sometimes needs a scrubbing. You take yeah. it out, take it out for a nice walk like Gavin did today, or, you know, just play a video game or watch TV, read a book, do whatever. Um, you know, I've been doing uh studying for some stuff i'm doing like it, it and just mm. take that time away from the internet it's good for you i, I felt I, really good today because i've just yeah. been super chill about today even more than the rest of the week i've generally been pretty chill as well like earlier this week one day i sat out in the afternoon in the sun in my back garden and i just worked on my book for like a few hours out in the sun it was there lovely it's good old so, good old chilling that's that, fine that's peak life so, right there yeah, and it's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even like. I'm not being people. sarcastic or anything. That to me is peak life. That it's, is enjoying life to its fullest. I, I, you know, I could have improved it maybe by having like a nice uh, glass of glass of wine or something next to yeah. it, perhaps. But like that, that I was, I was feeling pretty good about that if day. Just like if I'm you're... writing, I'm writing a novel that's going to get published out in the sun in my garden. Ah, oh, here's the life. If it make if it makes you that happy without needing the glass of wine, yeah. then that's probably a good sign. Very much, yeah. yeah. So, did we... I can't remember. Did we do introductions of who's who? Yes. Did we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Video That's games. why we got onto the fucking train arseholes that I'm now oh, angry yeah. about. Yes. Even though uh, I've not ridden a train in like a thousand years. I I have to ride them pretty regularly at the moment. They're not too bad unless you're on one of the, like, the wrong time of day and it's a very cramped one. What corporations own them now? It's Virgin now, isn't it, over there? Uh, there's like 20 different companies, depending on which bit of the country I've also found that, companies that riding, riding Virgin can be a bit cramped when you're doing oh, it. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that fruit's so low, but so sweet. <laughs> so, should we talk about some video games for a bit? Uh, yeah. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I saw, yeah, a yeah. I saw a video game movie this week as well, so I'll have to mention that at some do you, point. Do you want to start us off with that? What, what was yeah, your video nice game movie? Off. I went to see um, Lara Croft and the live action oh. Oh, Daddy right. Issues. What did What did you think of it? Because I've heard it's, I've heard some things about it. I liked it. It's um, okay. So clearly, we all knew this wasn't going to be a masterpiece or the best movie <laughs> ever made, but it's, it's one of the better video game movies, and it's a very low bar. But. Yeah. I mean, compared to I mean, compared to the, the Assassin's Creed movie, this is like Citizen Kane, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I've been it's... tempted to see it because the way it's been like portrayed to me is that like apparently the action's very good. It's maybe yeah. a little predictable. It kind yeah. of follows the beats of the the first like reboot 
Tomb Raider game. It does, it does, but, but then it's there's, okay at that. there's one major story beat that it deviates from, which actually to me was completely to the detriment of uh, the story. It kind of happens mm. in the middle and I was like, ooh, that's all. There's some very awkward plot points. But yeah, it, uh, it kind of brings itself back around at the end and you just get all these action sequences like nothing in it is particularly memorable or remarkable or amazing. But she's very likable and she she plays Lara really well. And uh, what's her name again? Alicia Vikander, is it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And she like we already knew she was a fantastic actress from um, Ex, Ex Machina. But uh, yeah, she does it well and she's likeable. And and funny enough, it takes a long while. There's quite a lot of developing her character before she ever sets out on the whole, I'm going to be exploring dangerous islands yeah. now and stuff. And if, it's, if it wants to be true to the modern games, though, I want 90 yeah. minutes of her just being smashed into cliffs and having like big sticks hit her head and legs. Like 90 uh, she minutes does, of it. She does take quite a bit of abuse from the environment, definitely. And uh, her, like, it's probably not too much of a spoiler to say she kills a few people <laughs> in this in this movie. And her first yeah. kill is um, kind of very believable. You can see the ups, but, see and hear how upset she is my, by it. And, uh, my and then she turns into fucking Rambo. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Is My question about that is how long in, like, real time watching the film would you estimate it is between... I am having a real tough time because I just killed someone and that's very emotionally difficult and her being Rambo. Like, how, like how, many five, how much ludonarrative five, dissonance five is minutes. there? <laughs> yeah, like, but see, that's, here's that's the what thing. I was expecting. Everyone ignores this line from that Tomb Raider game which, uh, in which she's talking on the radio to someone and um, someone says to her, it's hard, your first kill is always hard. And she responds, actually, it surprised me how easy it was. I remember that line. I, and I no one talks that about that when they talk See, about this, because the, to me, the thing that is, I find it very incidental. She's, she's naturally a yeah. bit of a savage. Like. But I think the thing is that like that line is separated in time and place from the scene. And the scene is definitely trying to imply where she's on the ground is trying to imply that she found it really difficult. Yeah. So if anything, like that throw away line probably didn't hit, like doesn't stick in my head because it seems at odds with what we're sh what we're told by that line is at odds with what we're shown when she's very distressed. Yeah, they they seem like they conflict with each other. Yeah, it's uh, it's what we in the business call more of that ludo narrative dissonance. Uh, ludo dubadu disco biscuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's a kind yeah. of anyway. It's a kind of movie that if you're if you were bored on a Sunday afternoon and it came on the telly, I wouldn't turn it off. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way yeah. to. That's one of my favorite it, analogies. Yeah. I use that a lot for if it's on TV on a Sunday or like ten o'clock at night and I'm not tired. Yeah. That's when. That's how I watched most police academies. I'm yeah. I'm really happy to hear that because like I'm not gonna rush to see this, but if I have an evening off, I. You know, I'm definitely up for seeing a film that's maybe a little predictable, but it's a good yeah. action film with a with a nice female lead. I'm up for that. Yeah. Definitely sounds also, like the I kind would... of movie to be watched by someone with a video game movie podcast. So <laughs> yeah. I'll be checking it out. It's it's an average, you know. It's grand. It's not bad, but it, don't do what we did and watch it immediately after Black Panther, though, because we went to see Black Panther and <laughs> it was raining. So we were like, ah, fuck it, we we'll go back in and watch something else. And uh, we watched Tomb Raider. And having just seen Black Panther for the first time, I think that probably didn't do Tomb Raider any favours. I favors. can imagine, yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness, Black Panther is so good. Yeah, it's a great movie. I, d yeah. I didn't know what to expect going in because I'd heard so much hype and I'm so burnt out on superhero shit at this point. I just couldn't give a fuck about this new Avengers thing mm. or anything. But mm -hmm. uh, this one was really different and I loved how colourful it was and... The music was cool and the African vibe made yeah. it feel different, you know? But the the term that like I had heard before and forgotten about and was brought back up when I when I was talking to people about uh, about Black Panther was the term Afrofuturism, which is like yeah. the sort of stylistic thing of like, hey, these are like futuristic high tech skyscrapers and things built from like an African um design aesthetic that was like mm -hmm. 
oh, I didn't realise until I saw this how this is just not a thing we see in media. It was really mm. refreshing. Yeah, definitely. It's nice. It's nice that Marvel movies are putting some colour back in as well. Oh, definitely. You know, like, like this, this and Guardians two were both oh. like really pretty to look at. Yeah, like uh, Thor and Ragnarok. Thor, apparently. Was, yeah, Thor Ragnarok is very similar in its like use of comedy and colour. Yeah. Um. Oh, but I I have been enjoying some of the recent Marvel film stuff where they're just like, here is some colour and some interesting things go it's not it's not us just putting 50 superheroes in one film and bashing them I, together being like they're fighting this new avengers one though it looks like they're using that old muted dull ugliest sin uh, uh color corrected thing for the new one so that's that's disappointing here's, here's the thing i i fully expect this new avengers film to have the same problem as uh, the last avengers film did where it is just here is a bunch of people. We don't really have time to do anything interesting with any of them. Smush. Bash them together. Big, <laughs> big fight. The fight. Yay. So yeah, that's been yeah. our movie podcast. <laughs> uh, hey, well, you know, we do so many yeah. music podcasts. I suppose once in a while it's good to talk about movies. Well, exactly. Got to get our media yeah. out somewhere. Um, yeah. So, Jim, what have you played this week? Uh, I liked Michael Keaton as Vulture. Sorry? What what are you played this week? Oh right, yeah. Um, well, sea of Keaton Thieves is a good vulture. <laughs> he is sea a good vulture. How are you sea finding of Sea of Thieves? Sea of fucking hell, I'm bored. It's oh, really? uh, oh no. Honestly, it's. Uh, I was now, looking forward okay, to this. Caveat one. before you. Caveat. Well, okay, yeah. Go on with your caveat. Caveat. I have thus far played it solo. Caveat. Yeah, now see, this is what I was going to say is I have some Sea of, Thieves, sea of Thieves thoughts as well today and mine are a lot more positive and I haven't been playing solo. That's the thing, because mm. a lot of people say, you know, oh, this is to be played co-op or whatever. The mo- but most, the most... Of co-op games are still very, you know, still fun solo. And I can tell, you know, I'm not stupid. When I'm playing a game, I can tell that it, you know, what it would be like with other people there. And I can yeah. tell whether or not there'd be more fun there. And I can tell there's more fun there. However, that doesn't counter the fact that it is, regardless, very shallow. And there is really not a lot going for it. And you just sort of plonk there and then it's run around and look for chickens. That, that's and I don't find them. that very fun, run around I, and look for chickens. I heard that and someone said that it's like No Man's Sky in that regard, which really sent off alarm bells. There are me. some similarities. Mm. It's not... I, I don't think it's as bad, but I can see where the parallels are drawn. It's a more laid-back No Man's Sky. It's No Man's Sky without it tugging on your sleeve all the time, saying, oh, you're out of there, or whatever it was in that game. I've forgotten how batteries are. Just loads of survival shit mm. and loads of collecting nitpicky shit. This is more like No Man's Sky with... A very laid-back uh, survival game, like UI, and like the way it operates, but without a lot of the survival bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and consequently, you know, it's it's more enjoyable than something like No Man's Sky, which mm. I immediately found objectionable due to how barren it felt, because I said No Man's Sky was at its best when you you were just cruising in the spaceship. Mm. doing nothing um when it when it was almost walking like a flying simulator but very simple um this is sort of as a very laid back floating in the ocean with a ship simulator just sort of riding the ocean waves it's 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 i suppose there's enjoyment to be had from that if you found no man's sky enjoyable does it have like city ports and hubs and things or is all it does yeah islands yeah I haven't played too much because I immediately thought I'm going to need some people and turned it off yeah. after like an hour. And, and I found that hour to be too long so, yeah. uh, playing it so late. So, yeah, to give a bit of contrast, I've been playing this, um, like the, the the review copies have only had live servers for about 24 hours. Like they went live at the same time as the game did. So I've not had a huge amount of time with it yet. But so far, all of my play has been as part of a group over voice chat. And that definitely benefits this game. Um, is a it lot a, of, and I, Laura, sorry, yeah. just to ask you, is it a group of people that you're friends with? Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't pe- randomers. No, it's a group of okay. people I'm already friends with. And yeah. in that context, I very much enjoyed this as group of people 
Haven't really paid too much attention to Sea of Thieves. Not really yeah. sure what's out there. Just get on the boat and see what happens. Uh, yeah. Like we, we were doing things like we, we were sailing towards some island we saw on a map and we came across a message in a bottle that was the first clue to a treasure hunt. So we ended up like all going together down to the map in the bottom of the ship and having a look and being like, oh, where do we think that this clue's leading us? And uh, we set sail off towards the island and we were all sort of working together to do the ship. Uh, along the way, we came across another pirate ship and we did a big battle together and... I quite enjoyed the exploring an area where I didn't really know what anything was with a group of people that I could share those moments of exploration with. And when conflict came up, there were people that I knew that we could work as a team to effectively get through those situations. And I had a lot of fun with it. It was a really nice catalyst for just shared exploration as a group and feeling like we were going on a big adventure together. The small amount of it I have played solo, totally agree with Jim. Playing this game solo, or with random people not on voice chat that you don't know who they are, this game feels very big, and very empty, and very isolating, and weird. Like, it feels, if anything, too big and too grand if you're not going through it with a group of people that you know. Yeah, that that unfortunately kind of rules it out for me yeah. because I don't like multiplayer games it's very, that much. It's it, like a make-your-own-fun kind of game. Laura. In a lot yeah. of respects. Um, uh, yeah. I, I heard that the PvP is extremely frustrating in that it's like the Division Dark Zone for the whole game. Is that true? That other players just come along and control you whenever they want? It warns you in the loading screen even that like if you come across a ship they might be hostile and fuck you over so yeah, just people, be bloody careful. People can come fu in theory come fuck you up whenever they they want. What I will say is that there is a certain amount of at least in the first day or so I played there's a certain amount of respect between ships where a lot of ships are like yeah I could attack you but you're going to get some hits in while you're there and do I really want to take those hits to my ship right now and like People don't start fights for no reason because your ship doesn't repair itself automatically. Like there How? Is, there is a degree of I'm going to have to put some work in afterwards if I fight you. How, how often have you bumped into people? I, I didn't find anyone in my time with it. Uh, I've come across like three or four different like player-controlled ships and been like, oh yeah, no, I could get into a, a, com a conflict with you. Like, there was one ship I was following where I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're on the same quest line as me. And we were just kind of uneasily taking a very similar route. Like, okay, I'll just watch. Hmm. Your ship's unguarded right now, but that's, no, let's just keep our distance. Hmm. Yeah, I I've just come across feel, other ships. I feel like um, it's more fun with friends. It's such a... Yeah. For me, that's... Um, it's... Anything's I can understand more, for someone yeah. else how that would be definitely then that's very forgivable yeah. then, but for me it's, less so. I I totally agree with you. Like, yeah. I I think for me and Jim, I know this is the case. Like, because of the nature of of the job we do, neither of us really gets to stick around with any game very long, yeah. or to dedicate all our time to one thing, even once it's like not the new thing out, and that as a result means that like I think. I know for myself, and I suspect for Jim as well, this isn't a game we're going to be playing on a regular basis with the same group of people. And honestly, like, I don't know if I'll be playing the game again at all. Yeah. I, I like I I see what kind of game it is. To be honest, like my friends, my offline friends do not play video games. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of an anomaly in in my sort of social group. It's the same. That. It's the same for me. None of my friends, like real life friends, really play video games. Uh, a lot of Maybe mine one. don't as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's I guess the problem is if I had a group of people and like we all had like oh this night of the week we're all free and we do online yeah. games I would have a blast with this like this is a yeah. good game for that but I'm not gonna play much more of this game because it's just not. It's just not for me in the way I play games. Yeah. It's like, I don't even think I'll be doing a impressions of it because it bored the shit out of me and I, I'm not going to get anywhere with it. It's the Destiny WoW thing, really, isn't it? In that um, they're almost expecting people to make this game their hobby as opposed to gaming. That's it, yeah. You've yeah. got to make... You've got to turn that game into your own fun, your own thing, as far mm -hmm. as I can see. Uh, I... I just didn't see a lot going on with it. I I was not impressed in the least. Like what I saw, 
did not make me want to rush out and get friends mm. to play it or show it or like get Justin hooked up with a copy yeah. and get, you know, play it with him online or something. If, if you've got I could the... get a group together yeah. online, but I, I did not feel the need to do it. I saw it and was like, I'm just, I'm not impressed I... with this at all. I had a good time and I did have a moment of disappointment where I was like, oh, this is a shame because I'm enjoying this now and I'm probably not going to... You know, my schedule's not going to allow me to keep enjoying this. Yeah, oh, those games shame. are just absolutely not for me. Um, those games where you got to, you know, get a group and be in the place e- excavate the, the enjoyment out of it. Yeah, you know, I, I much prefer the games to be fun on their own merits <laughs> rather than yeah. me and others seeing what we can do with it. Playing that's, imagination. That's fair. Um, I, but... I've played Imaginary Pirates. I was four. <laughs> Uh, other games this week. Uh, it, has there been oh. any news about that Ubisoft pirate game that they? Uh, oh, it's in the works still. The one that looks like coming. Black Flag, just without the Assassin's Creed logo. Oh on my it. god! Yeah, I forgot yeah. all about that. It's, yeah. it's being made, I think, in the Black Flag engine or by the Black Flag team. It looked alright. Uh, the yeah, the Beth engine. There's not really been any more news on it. Ew. Uh, other games this week. I finished playing Kirby this week. Brilliant. I really like it. Been playing it all uh, up as how, well. How, how are you getting on with it? Enjoying it a lot. It is due to the, the allies <laughs> either doing everything for you or not doing enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Constant fluctuating between the two. It is on the weaker end of the Kirby games. You um, see what I mean? Maybe about, in like, the middle. It's, it's very simple. And the AI either kills things even when you don't want them to and does everything or it just doesn't get what you're going for sometimes but yeah it's it's one of the more complex gimmicks yeah. uh, that the Kirby's had and normally they they have one very central idea and stick with it and and sort of spin off that but this one the whole taking over lots of different enemies and then combining their powers and using them to solve puzzles. It's added a layer of... of I, I, I struggle to say depth because it's not deep. But for Kirby, I would say <laughs> it probably is. And it just makes the game feel less tight, just a bit more sloppy uh, compared to a lot of Kirby games, I, which very rigidly yeah. stick to a blueprint. I will agree with you that like the... the randomness of the AI and the reliance on the AI and the combination of abilities stuff being a little bit random sometimes, you know, isn't particularly, you know, it's not the most polished of any yeah. Kirby gimmick. But all those problems just kind of fall away when I'm playing it because, oh my <laughs> well, goodness, it's, it's too cute. It's so cute. I can't, I, I can't, it's still I a can't Kirby slam game. it. It's, it's the cutest thing. Even, even the shittiest Kirby games can often be exemplary compared to a lot of what goes on yeah. in the game industry. It's, it's eight hours of me just smiling at this adorable puffball. That's the thing. It's still really fun and brilliant, and some of the level design is wonderful. Um, it looks great, I both on, like an, uh, on my 4K TV and in the handheld mode. Mm. Both look really nice. Um, being able to... Use instead of just taking over the allies, you can at times bring out uh, special characters. You can have Meta Knight or King Dedede with you, which is great fun. Uh, some of the combination abilities are really good as well. Um, throwing the allies at, at enemies and stuff is really good. <laughs> and the new powers, like the artist ability, I love oh, the artist ability. I love that paintbrush. That paintbrush is so good. Like my favorite one going through was uh, getting a combination of the electric ability and that sort of like big jabby pole that occasionally makes you do like sort of a flip with the pole and hit things. Oh, uh, the 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 staff! I really yeah, like the staff. The Doing star- the yeah, putting... the pogo jump and then use, yes. uh, stabbing in midair with it. That's Elec- a great electricity combo. and that staff was like my favorite combo to run around wielding. It was a That's lot a of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I finished that game now and it's the end of its story mode ramps up to quite a dramatic multiple boss fights, multiple forms, series of things that escalates quite dramatically to, oh, that that was a big way to end a relatively simplistic game. Oh, that sounds... that Again, that's that's very Kirby. Mm. It's uh, 
sometimes it'll get pretty damn dark at the end, um, yeah, it, depending on the game. It has a weird tonal and difficulty spike at the end that I very much enjoyed, but it was a little bit like, oh, it all got dark <laughs> and creepy and macabre and over the top and yeah, super powered at the end. Kirby games are brilliant. Kirby yeah. games are fantastic. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is about Hal as a developer. But they are capable of just creating the most joyous games. <laughs> they did um, uh, Cube Boy as well. Oh, Box Boy. Boy. I can't remember Boy, the yeah. fucking Box name Boy. now. I've, I've seen uh, Bill Trinan say, life's good when you're a ninja block so much. <laughs> and, and I know what which game it's for. A lot of people that see that snippet on the Jimquisition don't know what it's for. But I do, so much so that I only know that game as Ninja Block now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did that one as well. They did um, Part-Time UFO, which very recently released on mobiles. Mm. That game I did not like. Uh, I found that very frustrating to play. Um, they try, you know, they made a concept that works very well for touchscreens, but for me, it's infuriating. It gets, just gets, it's the kind of game that gets under my skin. Yeah. And I, I'm... It's not good for me to play games like that, so I normally just walk away from tricksy games with, with physics that just piss you off. Um, but from a design perspective, it is still just... I wish it was my sort of thing, because like Kirby and Box Boy, it's just a fucking adorable. Um, How make and they, they just do that, that so well. How make things that make my heart smile. Oh, that's really nice. Ah. That's a good quote, Hal. You can use that. Um, if Laura says so, I don't uh, actually claim ownership sure, over the thing why, she says. Why not? There you go, Hal. You can have that one. If you have listened well. 30 minutes into a podquisition, <laughs> you deserve that quote. If you got here and no one like tweeted you to say, Hal, you were mentioned in this, if if you're a person at Hal and you just happen to be listening this far, use it. <laughs> yeah, and send us some Kirby swag for the nice things we yeah, said about g- you as a nice, developer. Give me a nice, like, big, big, cuddly Kirby cushion or something. <laughs> yeah, I've got some interesting Kirby stuff knocking around. Why I've got is... a little sleepy Kirby keychain hanging off Zant's shoulder, a statue of, of Zant from Twilight Princess. Why, why is it when you said you had some interesting Kirby stuff, oh. I assumed it was a sex thing? Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. Someone said they liked me. It was a quote I remember. They said they liked me because I am a big fan of both Kirby and Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, and and they loved that double end of the the video game spectrum where I'm pretty well known for having a, just a huge bonk on for the Kirby and the Dark Souls series, which consequently is part of the reason why I think the Switch is going to end this generation as one of my favourite consoles, not just of this one but of all time, because it's got a really fucking good Kirby game on it and it's going to get fucking Dark Souls on oh, it, yeah. which makes it basically my dream system. I, I am... That's all you need, Kirby and Dark Souls. I am so excited for, for both of those to be things on this system. Um, so yeah, a couple of other things this week, like I might just sorry, skip through I, that I played. Sorry, I keep kicking my mic today, sorry. How dare you, Gavin? How, How dare, dare you? I know someone in the comments beast. is going to be very annoyed about it. Yeah, it's fine, they can live with it. Um, yeah. So I played, a, I played a couple of mobile games this week because, uh, you know... You know how that there Fortnite and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds are both pretty big games. Oh yeah. right, yeah. I yeah. played the mobile ports of both of them this week. Oh yeah, indeed. So, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, so I'm gonna sum both of them up in like one description that I think works for both of them relatively well. Both of these are relatively good ports that are very impressive to see running on a phone and definitely are functional versions of the game. If you're yep. really in a mo- in a mood to play like a, a Battle Royale style game and either you don't have access to the telly right now or you don't have a console that plays or whatever, this is totally a way to have a bit of a fix of that that kind of game and go, yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm playing that. I can play that while I watch something on the telly or something like that. But they come with the obvious caveat that these when, are first-person shooters online. When you're in the club, online, when you're in like, the club with your mate Drake, you know. Yeah, when you're in the club with your mate Drake. But like the big caveat is, 
you're playing an online competitive first-person shooter on a phone, and a touchscreen is not designed for that kind of game. Um, yeah, mm. I feel like that would just make me cry. So, I mean, I've played some decent first-person yeah. shooters on phones if they are designed from scratch for it. Yeah. So here's, there's one. You... Yeah, there's there's one major <laughs> difference right now between the two of them. Player unknowns battlegrounds on mobile only pits you against other mobile players. Whereas Fortnite has crossplay with all Fucking of the platforms. Why? That's the thing is, Fortnite players, you're never gonna beat the the console players. They have controllers and mice, and you have a touchscreen. Player Unknown's mm. Battlegrounds, that makes a lot more sense. I quite do the, enjoy do that. Do the consoles do crossplay with PC, Laura? Uh there is some crossplay, and I would need to double can check up- how those work. PS4 um, would do would it. Like, I know that so much. I would I, like to think you can. Uh, I would like to hope you can opt out of that as a console I believe, player. <laughs> I believe you can opt into crossplay between Xbox and PC, but not PS4. I believe okay. is the case. I'm not certain. I know there's PS4 some more generally stuff doesn't with do crossplay. any crossplay. It, yeah, cross-platform play or whatever. I mean, I'm never gonna play it anyway i mean this the these games are so far removed from my taste as to be almost feel like a different medium to me you know here's here's the thing i i played enough of both of them on console to be like okay i get i get what the appeal is i understand them enough to write about them i feel like i should know about this genre i find that i'm more tempted to play them on mobile because at least for player unknowns battlegrounds where it's just just other mobile players yeah. I'm not getting sniped by like crazy elite pro <laughs> players, yeah. which means I actually have a fighting. You're chance. literally you're one pixel on their phone screen. Oh no, exactly. This is like when I became a huge Black Ops Two fan on the Wii U yeah. because no one decent at it was playing it. Then. Yeah. Honestly, that is that, it. You, you know that used to be the PlayStation Three back in the day. All the good yeah. players were on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. So if you I, wanted I, an easy time with Call of Duty, you'd play it on PlayStation. If, if you like the idea of PUBG, but you keep like being killed because players are better than you, play it on mobile because it's free to play. You can just jump in, and because everyone's on touch screens, no one can really control what they're doing well enough. Okay, this actually sounds like a chance. brilliant. That idea. just sounds like me yeah. playing it normally. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to download it. I've Have you two it. heard about this um, this guy who's earning 500000 a month oh, playing Ninja, Fortnite Ninja. on Twitch? Yeah. So here's, here's what I'll wow. say about... You sounded exactly like one of those spam comments that you see at the ends of articles. <laughs> oh, yeah. I earned 4000 a month playing PUBG. I, you know, it's so... Find out more. I saw him doing an interview, and it's mm. so funny how blatant interviews are with youtubers and stuff and um a mate of mine jack jack guy was on an irish tv show lately and they wouldn't stop asking about his money and and how yeah. do you do the income and it's again it's always the first people ask first thing people ask me as well it's not like do you like your job how is it fun it's like what way do you make the money why, why is that the only thing people yeah, want to fucking know I, I about think, i think part of that comes down to the fact that like traditional job structures still don't understand like wait you can do things you enjoy and money is it how the hell do you make money doing something yeah. that i don't how, understand how, how, how dare you how do you yeah. avoid like the thing that i did with my life where i you know did a thing that made me miserable for money how can i do a thing where i don't do that but what i will say about this guy ninja like he is the person who was streaming with drake recently um He's kind of exploded out of nowhere. He just happened to be a person that was streaming Fortnite a lot as the game suddenly exploded in popularity. And he, that's how it works. Yeah, it, it, he blew up with it. But having watched a bunch of like him talking in interviews, mm. I feel like we're really lucky that he's kind of blown up the way he has. Because recently yeah, com- we've had so much bad press for like, uh, you know, your like Logan nice Pauls and PewDiePie's. He? he seems like a lovely guy who's got his stuff together and is very pleasant. As, and, as, like, knows as his does things. Jack, by the way. Oh yeah, no, Jack seems lovely as well. But like, yeah. considering that like this this guy has suddenly brought Twitch to the forefront in a way that people haven't noticed before. Like he had the most concurrent viewers who have ever been on Steam on that that stream with Drake. I'm glad it's him that has exploded on Twitch. 
to that degree because he seems to have his stuff together and be like a decent representative for that platform. Yeah. It, it's not like having, say, PewDiePie or Logan Paul as the face of YouTube. Which is nice. Yeah. No, I mean, no you might as well at this point just have a gigantic farting ass as the face of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. The gigantic farting ass of YouTube. I guarantee it would it would have better PR in one week than a lot of YouTubers, myself included, have had their whole fucking careers. I don't know. I feel like I've always looked at PewDiePie as someone who probably deep down is just a pretty decent person, but has made some tremendous fucking stupid mistakes. Whereas Logan Paul is just an absolute fucking worm. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> Logan Paul Twitch news this week He created a Twitch account He's not even streamed yet He's already got like 300,000 Twitch followers Wow He's not even done a stream YouTube yet. barely he... fucking punished him at all as well Like, Oh yeah, no, they gave him a slap on the wrist oh, And said you don't they get They gave him the sternest slap you, on the wrist you... That ever there was You don't get the good adverts now You only get the uh... normal adverts mm. Slap on the wrist Meanwhile, You've gone people from making... wealthy to wealthy. How do you feel? Meanwhile, people making creative content are getting fucked in the face by the algorithm. Completely yeah. fucked in the face. Uh... It's almost as if YouTube's become a, a system where the rich get richer and the poor stay poor. But we've never had that sort of system before. <laughs> so it's pretty out there as a theory. <laughs> the rich get richer, the pricks get richer. <laughs> um... A couple of other things very quickly I might skim past. Um, I played a, a game on Switch called The Last Day of June. Uh, uh, sorry, called Last Day of June, not A Last oh, Day yeah, of June. I, I saw that. I've been seeing that on consoles, and uh, yeah. I think I saw it talked about for PC as well. And I've not. I, I've been tempted by it, but I've deliberately not really looked hmm. into what it is because what little I saw was tempting, and I'd uh, like to go in pretty fresh on I, it. I will keep this very, very spoiler-free then. Yeah. Um, I will go very okay. basics. This is a completely wordless narrative adventure game about someone who has some regrets and wants to think about, like, hey, what if things had turned out different? It is quite a beautiful game, if a little bit slow, um, the only problem I'm going to talk about here in terms of like talking about a specific problem is that at least the Switch version, which is the version I've been playing, is buggy. Ah. And I'm talking buggy in a way that meant that I didn't finish playing the game. Gotcha. Um, so that sucks. The specific brand of bug that kept popping up for me... Um, this this game seems like it's only going to be like maybe three three hours three to four hours maybe, um, but there's no manual saves and that's important to this this bug. You're reliant entirely on automatic when it chooses to do them checkpoint saves, and occasionally button prompts just won't load. Uh, there was oh god there was one example where I was locked in a room and there was a glowing painting and it was very clear. Go to the painting, press A to interact with the glowing painting. And, like, nothing was happening when I pressed A. So, close the game entirely, reboot it. Thankfully, the last checkpoint was exactly where I was in that room with the glowing painting. Walk up to the glowing painting. Ah, pressing A works now. I guess it just... <laughs> the thing had broken. Later in the game, there was a box I was meant to pick up. And it was very clear I meant to pick up this box and put it in that spot. No button prompt to pick it up. Just n not happening. And it's very clear that's what I have to do. Close the game. Reopen it. I'm 10 to 15 minutes backwards. And because this is a wordless game that like takes its time with telling its narrative, replaying 10 to 15 minutes of this game oh my... would yeah. be painful. Like, no, I, yeah. I very much enjoyed what I was playing. If it was a little slow for my tastes, but I was like, that's okay, I'm willing to take my time, I'm enjoying this. But the first time I realised I'm going to have to replay 15 minutes of this game because there wasn't any checkpoint in the last 15 minutes and that button prompt just glitched out, I stopped playing. Uh, I can, no, I wouldn't yeah. blame you for that. I, I don't know if it's less buggy on PC, perhaps. I would need to do some research on do these bugs persist on other versions of the game. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that the Switch, there's been now a couple of dodgy ports. Yeah. Like I, had, I didn't hear good things about Payday 2. 
Yeah, like, what I'll say is, if they update this game and fix this this picking things up bug, or, like, activating things with your A button prompt bug, if that gets fixed, I would totally recommend this game. It is, It is a really good example of how you can tell a story without words and how you can contextualise what people need to do in a gameplay setting, again, without words. Tells a very sweet story, but yeah, don't pick up the Switch version until this bug's fixed, because, like, I didn't... I didn't want to replay 15 minutes of it slowly walking around. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't blame you. That's that's pretty untenable. Yeah. And that that's a shame, because, like I said, I heard good things about it, and it looked very intriguing, but... I mean, that's put me off trying the Switch version, at least until I hear about any fixes coming yeah, for it. Yeah, I, I, would, I would recommend, like, maybe... Uh, uh, actually, when we're finished doing this podcast, I'm going to ask on Twitter about, A, is, uh, I'll email the dev and ask if there's, like, any plans for a fix, and B, I'll go on Twitter and say, hey, does anyone know if the PC version of this is any less buggy? Because if it is, I, I, I will buy this game on PC and in a few weeks give it another go. If, yeah. if the PC version works. Like, I did enjoy it until the bugs. Well, and that's that's good to know. And then, fingers yeah. crossed, they, they fix that. Because that's... I, I've had that happen before, and that's among the most annoying bugs to me, is when button prompts and being able to interact with it, yeah. items doesn't... It's rare to see. But when it is, I'm like, how the it, fuck did this get it, passed? It wouldn't be such a problem if I could manually save. But the fact that there's sometimes 15 minutes between checkpoints yeah. paired with that becomes a problem. I find that especially uh, irksome on the Switch. Yeah. Because I always feel if you're playing a portable system, mm. uh, and I know it, it, it's a home thing as well, but let's face it, uh, there is an even spread with handheld players and a lot of people who do it both ways, low-hanging fruit, etc. So... They really, you know, ought to have that in mind as well. Long checkpoints on the Switch. Yeah. I find that a bit, it, a bit of a piss take. As, as the game... And 15 minutes for that, yeah. that's untenable con as well. Con just, considering the game already was, like, a fairly slowly paced game... Exactly, to, yeah. To go back through 15 minutes of it, it just felt like the game was wasting my time and I got a bit fed up with it. Wordlessly yeah. going through the same motions. Yes. Like that's just extra. Like don't don't do fifteen minutes between checkpoints for that yeah. video games. Come on. Yeah. So uh last it... couple of oh yeah, go on Gab. Oh yeah, just a bit of news that's floating around today. Um What's happened apparently, today? Apparently, according to sources, the uh Modern Warfare two remake is going to not include the multiplayer mode. <laughs> which <laughs> seems crazy. But oh my I'm guessing God. I'm guessing there's two possibilities here, right? They're gonna sell the multiplayer as a separate game because Activision. Or yeah. they went back and actually played that multiplayer <laughs> and realized what a completely unsalvageable, broken, fucked up, like cluster fucking mess that game was. And there's they said there's no way we can balance this. Yeah. I did love Modern Warfare 2's campaign. Yeah, it was fantastic, the campaign. I'm definitely going to play it. I mean, I, I, I can't support Activision's remastering policies because mm. when they're not just really bad upscale jobs masquerading as remasters, they are like what they did with Modern Warfare, which I found fucking grotesque. Uh, for those listeners who don't remember, I, I always make it a point when I'm talking about the Call of Duty series, to bring this up like a broken record. But for those who don't remember, Modern Warfare was remastered and had microtransactions patched in. Mm -hmm. And this was already, like, they'd already pissed off the community by holding it to ransom and, and only making it exclusive to whatever one they were trying to sell that year, Infinity Wars, I think it was. And <laughs> then <laughs> they eventually brought it out long after the fact, after it had the DLC taken out and resold at a larger, a higher cost than it had back when it was released. Uh, so they adjusted that for fucking inflation, corporate which, thralls. Which really pissed on the legacy of, in my opinion, one of the greatest multiplayer games ever made. 
And it, it it changed what a the what a remaster was. Mm-hmm. The idea before was remasters were like you know the game of the year edition that always comes out for these fucking AAA disasters. Now it, it was fucking brought out without the full content, and remasters up to that point had all of the content. That was part of why we were expected to buy you, them again. Can you imagine if you're like uh you're you're like buying a, a remastered Led Zeppelin album and fucking they've taken cashmere off the album. Right? Right? Or at the very least the bonus tracks. Yeah. That might have been on it. You know, like they they resell uh, Doctor Pe- uh, Doctor Pepper, Sergeant Pepper's <laughs> Doctor Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Doctor Pepper's Lonely Hearts and, Club band. And and they leave off the bit at the end of the song where it's that repeated bit where it would skip on the yeah, it would stay stuck on the record doing that. Me and my friends used to talk about imagine if you died alone in a room <laughs> listening to Sergeant Pepper's and that bit just and that's how they found the body was happy. <laughs> <laughs> with you just lying there eyes open staring at the window but anyway um yeah it's like that like up until then part of the trade-off for buying yeah, the same fucking game again was hey look it is cheaper and also has all of the content and looks nicer whereas modern warfare was less game than before with micro fucking transactions and it looks a bit nicer. It was it was utterly fucking despicable. And you're right, it was it was a transformative like people shit on the series, but Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4, was it, it redefined multiplayer, or at least codified a lot of what multiplayer was. It was And it had some a genre defining game. It had some frustrating stuff in it, but nowhere near the levels that Modern Warfare yeah, yeah. 2. And, Modern Warfare and, 2 basically was you either went in with a full team of like really good players all together or you were going to have a bad time. <laughs> I mean, the series overall has its issues and we can talk all day about the impact it might have had on the industry overall. Mm. But Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare as a game was something quite brilliant. Yeah. Really. It really uh, was. I, 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 it, as much as it might pain people to say anything nice about Call of Duty or anything associated with Activision while they always forget that Blizzard's involved. Uh, They, you know, you have to admit that it was quite brilliant. And a lot of people who might hate the series now loved that game. I mean, I'm so tired and weary of Call of Duty and Activision's whole bullshit. But I'll still happily admit that that game was brilliant. Modern Warfare 2's campaign as well was like, it was like Conair meets The Rock. It was so fucking good. I mean, it was ridiculous and over the top and cheesy, but... You actually actually did care about what happened to these like mad Captain <laughs> Price and his moustache. And... and people know what I think of Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, um, that was disappointing. Which I liked. I liked it. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. I liked the, only the, thing I liked I... the campaign, but I found the multiplayer was bleh. I always said that the one thing I hated about Modern Warfare 3, the only thing I hated was that I couldn't give it that high review score again, a second time. (laughs) Although, given Activision's recent policy, that might change, and I'll give it a 10 out of 10. How about that? (laughs) I'll resurrect review scores just to give it a 10 out of 10, because my one criticism was addressed, that I could give it a high score all over again. So, take that, atheist. (laughs) I read the news today, oh boy. Gosh, you know, I'm just thinking about that a day in the life. That that line just really sums up uh, 2018, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, Very quickly, we had a couple of bits of news this week that I'll just quickly rattle off. Um, You know how last week we were talking about the rumours that Geralt was going to be in in Soul Calibur 6? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Geralt's in Soul Calibur 6. Yeah. Yeah. And so is is Kerr Morhen. Nice. Woo. Um, We also got a bit of news that, um, you know, you know that Nintendo Labo, that thing that's coming out where you're going to put the Switch in some cardboard and all that stuff? The cardboard box thing that a lot of people are unreasonably angry over. Yeah. Even though, like, it's just cardboard for children. like and it looks quite clever yeah. some of it. So, like I might not get it, but yeah. it looks clever. One one thing they showed off for it this week that I think might be the secret killer app for it 
is something called the garage in in the software that comes with it. And basically, this is the bit of software where it's basically like, hey, use all of those sensors that the Switch has and make your own stuff and program program it to do things and make your own Labo things. And I think that's where this is going to get really cool, is when people... So it's like Sea of Thieves with cardboard. <laughs> make your own fun. I'm, I'm excited to see when someone on Reddit goes, okay... Here is the here is the program. Here is the the paper templates to print out and make out of cardboard. Here's how you can make this interactive cardboard thing for your Switch. Like I'm excited to see what the maker community starts making with this. Yeah. Program your own use of the inputs Switch software. No man's cardboard. Yes. Plus also, now that you can program the controllers to vibrate on command, someone's going to stick one up their butt. Oh, they're going to make a cardboard dildo, aren't they? They're going to make a cardboard dildo and then be like... Nintendo's cardboard dildo! It's, it's, oh, no. When the cardboard dildo is 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 out of sight, make it vibrate. When it's not out of sight, <laughs> stop it vibrating. Like, <laughs> that, that's going to be the functionality. Can you see the Joy-Con vibrate or not vibrate? There's your coding, I, done. <laughs> I'd try a Nintendo Labo dildo. If someone in the maker community wants to like make that work, yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> make make a flashlight and call it the Nintendo Labia. <laughs> that will work somehow. Labio, Labia. You're you you're the boffins, you'll work it out. You're R and D, I'll bankroll it. Uh, so yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Okay. <laughs> um I've run out of steam. There I'll we agree go. to that. There we go, that's the um, week. Yes, that that's everything that happens. With Geralt and you can fuck a piece of cardboard. <laughs> uh, Laura, how can people find out more stuff that you have done? Because no, doubtless you have. I, doubtless I, you I have. have. I have. You can you can find my stuff at Laura K Buzz most places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on YouTube. Uh, if you go follow me on, you should go follow me on Twitter because I'm now within a hundred followers of overtaking Gavin. So like, <laughs> I'm catching up. It's almost there. That uh, that was always going to happen. Let's <laughs> be honest. Uh, <laughs> you you can also find me Monday to Friday on Kotaku.co.uk. Uh, particularly, go check out Kotaku UK's YouTube channel this week because. I went and d- I, I played a bunch of A Way Out, and you can see me playing that over there. But I also did an A Way Out themed escape room, and you can see video of me like running around in in a room trying to escape while dressed up in prison blues and being shouted at by people with fake guns, which is quite an experience. Oh, excellent! So go go check those out. Oh, I'm, that al- I'm also very on, fun I'm indeed. also on Dice Funk and Queer and Pleasant Strangers. I do too many things. <laughs> um, all of them fun and fantastic, and the no the a a way out escape room sounds quite fun. I keep reading it as no way out. I keep doing a way out just seems very yeah. I keep doing the same. Uh, very quickly, it's not natural. The, the escape room is in London. It's at uh, Break In Escape Rooms, and I believe it is just a reskinning of their heist plan escape room. It's a good fun escape room. Go watch the video. Awesome. My mate Sam and... did the soundtrack for that game. Away. Oh, oh. Yeah. heck! He he also did the Mass Effect games. Uh, very ta- very talented composer. I've I've only played about half an hour of it so far, but good music. So well done, them. Fantastic. And speaking of music, Gavin is a musician. And how the hell can people hear those wonderful tones? You can go to YouTube and search for Miracle of Sound, where you can hear all my lovely songs and this lovely voice. And you can find me on Twitter and follow me so that Laura doesn't overtake me because no. I kind of stopped. Uh, I've been ho- I've been like making way less like political jokes and stuff in the last <laughs> few months, and my follower count has slowed down. It's worth it to not have to deal with the rage, though. <laughs> But uh, yeah, follow imagine. me. Follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. And if you want to throw a bit of money my way to keep doing what I do, you can find me on Patreon under Miracle of Sound as well. You you can follow Fantastic. you can follow Gav on Twitter only on the condition that you make a second Twitter account and follow me from both. <laughs> <laughs> or un, unfollow Laura and follow me instead. No! <laughs> this, is the, this is the true Civil War. Oh no, that's, that's the old Avengers film. That's not the new one. 
Are, on that do, you, note. do you live in a Gav state or a Laura state? <laughs> and with that, it's time to say goodbye. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening and supporting the work and being around and all of that. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.